I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So if you want to know what the future is Chris Godwin is, especially this Sunday in Dallas, just listen to Chris Godwin. Unbeknownst to me, we talked to him on Monday. Uh, He said he had to run. He was going to lift and he would talk to us again on Wednesday. So we'll find out today if he holds true to that, but he did talk on a podcast and it was one that I think is, is fairly new. It was called the moment in the moment podcast with David green. Um, and it might've been their first episode, but it was interesting because Godwin said essentially this, that he believes that he will have the final say on whether he plays on Sunday at Dallas. And he also added that being on the field with the bucks for the second half of the season to him would be even more important. Eh, I, I kind of thought the way we were trending, and, and listen, I don't have any context about when he did this podcast because, as you know, we do podcasts all the time, and they're not live necessarily. We do ours daily, but we might tape them the night before um, and then air them You know, on, uh, in this case, we'll be airing it on Wednesday. But So I, I don't have a context in terms of like, okay, when was this interview done? It could have been done you know, weeks ago, for all I know. All I know is this. On Monday, Chris Godwin shed the knee brace that he has worn since he had surgery. I mean, and he, you know, had surgery on January 3rd. He was injured, I think, on December 20th against the Saints. He tore his ACL, his MCL. He described what that process was like. They didn't know immediately that the ACL was torn. He was trying to go back in the game. They taped it up, if you can believe that. Um, And, you know, he just didn't feel stable on that one leg in terms of cutting and protecting himself. So he didn't play. And of course the MRI confirmed the worst, which was both the MCL and ACL were gone. Um, and so he had to have surgery and, and that ruined what had been a tremendous season for him. Um, and you know, he talked about not being able to play in the playoffs and you know, how long it took him just to be able to walk again and, and, and the long road that he has taken back. But I'll tell you, if you watch him, um, he's done everything you can do short of contact. And they've had him in a non-contact jersey, but that makes sense because you're not going to knock your guy to the ground uh, when he's trying to come back from an ACL and MCL injury. However, at some point, someone's got to make a call about about whether he plays. And, you know, I, I think he'll definitely take the medical advice, but they're going to ask him how he feels. And as Todd Bull says, until you get hit below the waist in a game – regardless of what you do out there in practice, then they're not going to take him to the ground. When you get hit below the waist in a game and get back up, and if everything checks out, that's how you're going to know you're okay. And whether that's week one or week 10, it's going to be the same process mentally. You're still going to have that hurdle that you need to get over. You've got to be hit, got to be hit low, got to get on the ground, get up, all that stuff. Um, and, you know, so he didn't wasn't definitive one way or the other. I mean, he was asked if he would play week one. He said, I don't think any of us know that yet. Um, I would imagine I would have the final say. It's going to come down to feel uh, because I understand what I'm capable of doing on the field when I'm healthy, but I also understand what I'm capable of pushing through. And so he's not entirely healthy, but he's saying, you know, after about week two or three, nobody's healthy anyway. And he said, you know, but I would love to be there for the entire season, but 
I think it's more important. Uh, I think what's more important is being there for the second half of the season and being there for what I missed last year. And that's the thing that he keeps coming back to, Steve, is that he missed the postseason. And, you know, it's not like you can choose when you're going to get hurt. Um, but his thing is I, I'm coming off an injury, and I would rather, you know, err on the side of caution now so that I'm healthier or, or healthy when we get towards those November, December, January games where it's really going to matter. Well, and he's absolutely right. Week one doesn't matter. Week 17, week 18, and beyond is the ultimate goal for this team. So if he's not ready week one, whether the yeah. trainers, the medical staff don't, don't allow him to play, which right. it sounds to him, if him saying, I believe I'm going to have the final say, yeah, means that the trainers at this point or the medical staff has alluded that they think he's going to be ready and cleared for week one. He may not be I yet. Agree. He may not be yet. Mm-hmm. But if he thinks he has the final say, then he's of the belief that he will be cleared by Sunday. Right. Now, whether they do or not, and, and taking the brace off today was probably another step in that process. Yeah, for to sure. To see how it goes. And then secondly, if he's not ready, and, and I'm, I think more mentally than physically, if he's not ready to get hit on that knee in week one, then it should be his call not to play. And, and, right. and you should be okay with that as an organization and as a fan. Mm-hmm. Because it's about later in the year. That's why you have right. Russell Gage. That's why you have Julio Jones. That's right. You know, that's why you brought these guys in. Mm-hmm. So if Chris Godwin misses week one, you're okay with it. Now, I hope he plays. I'd love to see him play mm-hmm. if he's ready. And, and that's physically and mentally. But if he's not, as a fan, I'm not worried. As an yeah, organization, they, they I wouldn't be worried. No, they're definitely equipped to, to play this Dallas game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some, uh, depending on what how they come out of it. But they're definitely equipped to play this game with, with plenty of receivers. You mentioned the three that they have that are all expected to play, Mike Evans, mm-hmm. um, Russell Gage, and Julio Jones. And Julio Jones has looked like the Julio Jones of old, not an old Julio Jones. I mean, he, he missed a lot of games the last two years because of various foot injuries and hamstrings, things like that. He's been able to practice. They've been smart about it. They haven't practiced him every single day. They've given him his rest. You know, once you get on that TB12, man, you know, it's the magic. You well, I was going to say, I mean, so. he, sh- he should look young because, I mean, you know, he was the oldest guy on the team. Then all of a sudden he joins Tom Brady. He was 12 years yeah, older. Yeah, he's exactly. That, that, there's an old guy. There's That guy's 12 years older than me. Um, so, yeah, he feels young, and and he's playing that way. And so, you know, between that and, and the Kyle Rudolphs and the Cam Brady, so you've got guys that can catch balls that, you know, that Tom Brady is, uh, is uh, you know, trusting of. And so – it's not critical that Chris Godwin play. And the other thing that was raised that I think you have to at least give some credence to is that, you know, the first two games, and this is true, are an artificial surface, which, again, like that didn't really impact his original injury. I mean, it was a contact thing that he took right on the knee, and ironically it happened to Raymond James. So it wasn't related to the turf. But we all know that the artificial surface can grab your legs in a certain way that not necessarily, you know, grass is a little more, can, can be, more forgiving, so maybe um, that will be some kind of consideration when they when they're trying to make this decision with Chris. Um, I would also submit this though is you know and they are like I said they got plenty of depth at wide receiver. In fact, it was hard to decide who to cut right, and they brought back um, Brashard Perriman and they brought back uh, Scotty Miller and guys like that. 
So they have depth in, in Jalen Darden and, and so forth. Uh, and they certainly could put plenty of good receivers out there. You don't know which game, though, is going to wind up being the one that knocks you out of something, right? Um, I don't think the Dallas Cowboys necessarily are going to the Super Bowl this year. They haven't really won a playoff game in like 25 years, it seems. But uh, they are favored to win the NFC East. The next game is against the Saints, which they have owned you in the regular season. And many people, including Peter King, are picking them to win the NFC South and go deep into the playoffs. I think he had them in losing in the championship game to Green Bay. So you don't know like which one of those 17 games is the one that's going to wind up costing you the much, the most. Um, but I do think that this early in the season, um, only so many months from the injury itself, it would probably, you know, to err on the side of caution now makes more sense than, you know, while you have a full complement of all your receivers. I mean, this is week one. Uh, week two might change the picture a little bit. I don't know. But I just thought it was interesting that the decision, according to Chris, looks like he thinks it's going to come down to what what he ultimately decides, obviously in consultation with his doctors. Um, but it's just not not sort of cut and dry. Like there's definitely some gray area there, and they're going to go a lot on feel. And, you know, if his mindset is, hey, I got hurt, you know, before we reached the fun part of the season a year ago, and I think I really could have helped us. That was the other thing he talked about. I was like, look, you know, we got way behind, and it was cool being at the game, and I was the first game I was able to walk without a crutch, and, you know, but um, it was painful because, you know, they, they got behind, made a comeback, and he was sitting up in a box with his wife, you know, and, and he just didn't feel a part of it and couldn't do anything about it. And I think that hopelessness when it matters most is what he's trying to avoid. So I was leaning very heavily earlier in the week as, you know, trending like he was going to play. Like I I just don't if, – if Bowles is right about, you know, it doesn't matter what we do out here in practice, you know, he's going to have to go out there and, and, and play the game. And, and it doesn't matter what game he plays. It's all going to be the same until he's, until he's taken to the ground. Then that sounded to me like, well, we might as well play him now. But – you know, when you look at the depth of your team and you look at, at how everyone is healthy going into it, you know, that, that kind of sounds to me like maybe Godwin would rather wait. So we'll find out a little bit more today. Um, hopefully we'll get a talk, have a chance to talk to Chris now that he's done his podcast. Um, no reason he can't talk to us. And I, I think it's going to be one of those things where, and this happens a lot, happened all last year, happens every year actually, where you go, and on Friday, they're going to have, have to give him a designation of, you know, questionable or doubtful or out. I don't necessarily think they'll rule him out. Now, they could designate him doubtful or questionable, whatever. But this is going to be one of the proverbial, you know, we'll talk to Bulls and Bulls and say, well, it's a game time decision. <laughs> and which means we don't have to tell you. And more importantly, we don't have to tell the Dallas Cowboys either. So, you know. Uh, Nunya. And so you'll get to the stadium early at AT&T and, and you'll go out there and you'll see if Chris Godwin's out there with Bobby Slater, the trainer, warming up, how he runs, and then you kind of read the body language and see if he comes out back out on the field with a helmet. Um, so that's probably the way it's going to go. But I think you got a little bit of Chris's mindset for the first time on this podcast, which I thought was interesting, that he's already thinking, hey, um, let's let's not rush it here, even though I know I could probably do it. Let, let's make sure I'm healthy for the for the, the balance of the season and into the playoffs. So going to be really interesting to see what they do there. 
Got some more Bucks news coming up, but first, uh, it's still really hot outside and your electric bill is soaring like mine, but we've got a, a solution for you. It's called May Electric Solar. It's a family-owned and operated business. They've been installing solar electric systems for 12 years now. You know that this field has a lot of these fly-by-night companies. They knock on your door all the time, but May Electric Solar is committed to you for the long term. They guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year service and uh labor warranty plus with every installation you get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances that is the main difference so if you visit their Hutchins showroom May Electric displays all of their products and they conduct on-site testing you can see exactly what they're going to install plus they don't use subcontractors and that means that you know exactly who is doing the job so start saving today call the solar energy experts at May Electric Solar Here's the number, 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate. You can lower your electric bill all year long and preserve the quality of your life and your appliances through every storm season. That's May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. So speaking of the box, every once in a while you come across these stories and you kind of go, wait, what? And this was one of them. Um, and I, I got sort of... Uh, learned about this and then the bucks put out a release about it first of all todd bowles is an interesting cat like i'm getting to know him better even though he's been there you know for a number of years with the bucks as a defensive coordinator it's not the same interaction we have you know with him every day as we do now with as a head coach and i got to spend some time with him in nashville I was doing um you know a, a feature story on him that we're gonna uh, have in our special section on sunday but you can also read it now in the Tampa Bay Times and on or on TampaBay.com, I should say. And and so you know, I'm fascinated by. I learned more and more about this guy, and we're gonna we're gonna have that interview that I did with him from Nashville uh, that we will air here on the podcast. You guys are gonna really enjoy it this week as we uh, get ready for the the Bucks and the Cowboys. But one of the things I didn't know when I talked to him uh, because it just happened is that Todd Bowles, 58 years old, okay. Hasn't been, I don't know. I think he, I think he started his NFL coaching or got got. I guess it was through his NFL career, something like thirty-seven years ago. Okay, after he left Temple, where he, you know, where he, he played under Bruce Arians, he went to the NFL as an undrafted free agent with Washington. He played seven of his eight NFL seasons there. Um, so thirty-seven years go by, he had not graduated. And you hear these stories all the time about players. It, this happened with Levante David a couple of years ago, went back to Nebraska, had promised his mom. Similarly, Todd Bowles, when he came out of college, promised his mom. And the interesting thing about it is he had been working on his degree, and when he started working on it was during the Super Bowl year. He's preparing to play the Kansas City Chiefs while he's taking online classes at Mount St. Mary. And... It, it's remarkable that he can continue to pursue this. He said that, you know, he's got, well, he's got four kids, but he's got two kids. Now one's at Rutgers playing football. Um, another one is about to be, you know, at the university of Georgia. He's a linebacker, a Jesuit, one of the top recruits in the nation. And he felt like, you know, over the years after I became a father, um, it became something that, you know, I wanted to do to, uh, uh, you know, be an example for his sons as they continue their their education, and I think it's just a really it's a really cool thing that 
that he went back and got his bachelor's degree, and he's going to actually walk uh, next May when they have their commencement exercises. And so it's just not something you would expect. Now this this is a college, not to be confused with, with another one, Mount St. Mary's. This one is in Emmitsburg, uh, Maryland. And he's been up there, and he's been a speaker in some of their classes. And, of course, is, you know, the professors and everybody that, that he worked with have nothing but, as you would expect, glowing things to say about him. He's contributed a lot already uh, just in the work that he's done in and around that school. But just a cool story that was sort of unexpected, you know, early in the week type thing where you might get lost in the weeds as you get closer to the Dallas game. But I don't know, you know, you don't hear many active head coaches going back and finishing their degrees, especially when you're in the, the throes of a Super Bowl. Like that's, and he did it because his agent, uh, Tony Agnone, who he's had for years, and, and Anthony has been, you know, representing coaches and players for so long. He was a graduate of Mount St. Mary's, like, you know, a long time ago in the 70s. And so he kind of, you know, encouraged them, hooked them up uh, w- with the, uh, you know, with the administration up there and, and, and got, got him going and voila, bachelor's degree. So pretty cool. That's awesome. I love those. Sto- yeah. I love those stories. I mean, you saw, was it Steph Curry just graduated from Davis? Yeah, Steph Curry. That was, he was very emotional at the mm-hmm. commencement. Mm-hmm. I, Levante David. You, I mean, there's been many players over the years that have done that. And I think it's, I think it's yeah. awesome. I think it's, you know, you started school or maybe you never did depending on, you know, what your profession was or how you went, but there was a goal you set. You wanted to go back. You made a promise to your mom. You wanted to show your sons the right, whatever it is. I, I just think right. it's, it's awesome that you sat there and, and persevered and, and finished a dream or a goal you set. I, I think that's just, you know, I love hearing those stories. I can, I can't I can read imagine those stories every day. The time. You know, Todd is one of those guys that literally they say no one can, even even Tom Moore, bless his heart, is he's about 83, 84 years old. He gets there just about before anybody else, but he can't beat Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles will be there at 3, 30, 4 o'clock in the morning every single day. And I'm trying to think, like, if you're there to coach football and you do that, when in God's name would you have time to, you know, to take courses online and study and all that? He got it done. It took him a couple of years. He got it done, and it's remarkable. Uh, there was some other news. Shaq Mason is has restructured uh, his contract just to give the Bucks about $6.5 million of cap room. People wonder, like, they were really up against the cap, and that's not a surprise based on all the free agents they signed. Um, but why would they need the money now? Well, you know, when you have guys that go on IR, for example, when you have uh, practice squad players and money that you pay them, everything basically that goes to player costs uh, winds up coming out of your salary cap. And so you have to, you have to budget for that. So They had to they do created, it now. So they could bring Gronk mm-hmm. back halfway through the year. I mean, come on. <laughs> well, yeah, there you go. <laughs> now you, now I see I buried the lead. This is exactly what this is about. Like, at least $4 million of those dollars, I think, are going to be earmarked for Gronk like from December, I don't know, 15th <laughs> until the end of the year, whenever that is. Um, but you're right. That also would come out of the salary cap. Uh, and and I, I'm still, I still think it's even money. Even Drew Rosenhaus' agent thinks that's a really good possibility, even though Gronk – is not talking about it, but um, I think that is a possibility. So that again, procedural stuff, veteran player, all of that, um, you know, kind of interesting that uh, that he was able to do that. 
There's some other stuff uh, that you want to read, and, and we'll get more into this as the week goes by. My interview with uh, with Todd Bowles, that story is on TampaBay.com as well. And also a story that's going to be coming up on TampaBay.com about Robert Hainsey, who we had a chance to talk to him the other day. You know, he had that we were all we were all in Nash or uh, in Indianapolis, the final preseason game. And we're watching this game, and the starters are coming out, right? They're starting to pull guys right and left. But Hainsey's still at center. So they have a play, and somebody beats, I think it was Nick Leverett. I could be wrong about that. Somebody beats the guard to the inside. There's some pressure. And as, as is the case sometimes with interior offensive linemen, Hainsey gets rolled up on, and it looks bad. I mean, he's on the ground, and he's not getting up. And trainers are coming out. When you see guys not pop up right away, you're like, ooh, this could be bad. And it, it looked like an ankle, and it was an ankle, which sometimes, frankly, can be better or worse, depending on where the, where the sprain is. Hainsey, when I talked to him and asked him about it, he goes, look, I was scared. Like, I'm, you could tell by my reaction. Like, I'm thinking, this is bad. And he says, I've had this injury before. I've had people roll up on that ankle before, and I just knew that this, this can't be good, and it turned out to be okay. He goes, really, I'm okay. I'm, I'm fine. He's been practicing. Uh, he said it was no big deal. But what was as nervous as everybody else because you're already down Ryan Jensen, which is why Hainsey's playing in the first place. And, oh, by the way, in the same game, Nick Leverett hurts his shoulder and, has to, and he can't finish the game. Now, Leverett also is going to be fine. And so they're going to have their full complement of offensive linemen, which everybody seems to dismiss as a sort of a big problem, right? And it was funny because – Listening to Tom Brady's uh, Let's Go podcast the other night, he he is the master manipulator, right, uh, of psychology when it comes to stuff like that. He's driven himself for 23 years on it, uh, making making others feel like they're sliding him. But he said, you know what? That's awesome. I keep reminding our offensive linemen how everybody says they suck. <laughs> and so he's got them motivated to go out there and prove otherwise. But it looks like all of them will be healthy, and they've gained a lot of a lot of experience playing together. I thought, you know, Luke uh, Gedeke, I thought, got much better from the Tennessee game where he had the two holding penalties and, and a sack that he yielded uh, until the next week against Indy, which I thought he played pretty well. And and this is a team that is forever drafting guys. If if you want to, you know, wrap Jason Light for for some missed draft picks here and there, that's fine. You can all we can all go find those drafts. You'll have a tough time finding an offensive lineman he's missed on. They drafted Ali Marpet out of Hobart, which was a Division three school, started him at center as a rookie. He went on to become a Pro Bowl guard and, and quit at age 28, which they didn't expect. They drafted Alex Kappa out of Humboldt State. I don't even think they have football anymore. He started at right guard as a rookie. So they have not swung and missed on many players. And, of course, they really expected Jensen to go as a free agent and leave until Brady came back and sort of mandated that he stay so Robert Hainsey was here to take over that job, and, and that was the plan all along. That's why they drafted Hainsey when they did out of Notre Dame to move him inside and make him the eventual center. It happened a year earlier than they wanted it to. But I think they're going to be fine. They can't sustain any more injuries. Nobody can on the offensive line. But um, that's going to be a real interesting matchup. Of course, Dallas has uh, the strength of their team, I think, is their defense. And we'll see how they're able to, uh, to hold up against them. But Hainsey said, yeah, I was scared. I, I was scared. I really, I thought that I had done something to it, and um, thankfully he did not. And so, 
you know, they'll have their full complement of their starting offensive linemen, which is, I think that's what the way it would have come out. I think Robert, uh, you know, when, when Aaron Stinning went down, it was sad for him and he had a season, season ending ACL uh, injury. But I don't even know that Robert, that, that Stinning, I don't know that he makes the team. I don't know that Aaron Stinney makes the team because there were other players that they liked better that had more versatility, guys that could play guard, inside, outside. Brandon Walton, for example, played tackle and guard. And so it was going to come down to those decisions, and the more you can do, you're going you're gonna to stick around. So this is the group they wanted. They've developed young guys before. Yes, they're all close to Brady inside by his feet and all of that, but Brady has always been the guy that protects Brady by getting rid of the football and all those things. So we'll see how they do, but at least it was a uh, – uh, a really kind of a, a bad situation they avoided there uh, when they played the Colts. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So while you were away, we should tell everybody where you went. Now, you got to go to the Big House, which is which is still one of the greatest uh, venues in sports. Uh, it was a bucket trip for, trip for me. I got to do it years and years ago. I watched uh, Michigan play Florida State, and I think Deion Sanders was on the team. That was an incredible game. I was at um, that game. Up, yeah, were you out there? I yeah. was at that. Number one versus number three. That was phenomenal. And so it's, it, it, I mean, a fall Saturday, much less, you know, which was the official sort of week one of college football. You saw a, a pretty good game. I mean, I, I don't know, Steve. You tell me who's going to quarterback this team by the end of the year. JJ McCarthy. You think it's JJ? So do I. They so can't I. beat Ohio State with K. McNamara this year. I totally agree. Now, you know, Cade's a captain. He's done right. everything you've asked. He runs the offense well. I mean, he's going to make less mistakes than J.J. Yeah. But the ceiling's higher on J.J. Mm-hmm. And if you have national championship aspirations, it's got to be J.J. McCarthy by the end of the year. Right. No, no knock on Cade. He's, been, he's done everything you've asked him to for the last few years. J.J.'s better. Yeah. I mean, Cade won 12 games last year, but it was a mm-hmm. defensive team. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, they had uh, Hutchinson and, and all those guys. So, I mean, this is a different team. I just think that you could see, and, and he's, just, he's just a better player. I mean, he may not have the experience yet, but he's just going to mm-hmm. be a better player. Yeah. You're right. If you're going to play Ohio State, if you're going to beat those teams and win the Big Ten and get in the national championship picture, you've got to go with them. I mean, um, Cade beat Ohio State last year. But Ohio State's better this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, they lost the receiving core. They lost, but they, I mean, they just reloaded this year. They're yeah. a better team this year. The game's in Columbus. Right. You know, I, I, don't, I don't think Cade can go in and win. Yeah. And I, I think Cade's a good quarterback, a good college quarterback. But J.J. McCarthy is better. Right. He'll make some more mistakes, but that's part of you know the type of game he plays too. Right. Yeah. No, it was it was nice. And then you, you saw a Tigers game. Is that right? Did yeah. So to- I got to take my boys up to the big house for the first time, and, and 
for those who don't know, we've had season tickets at the big house in my family since I was three years old. They're younger so, than them, right? Yeah. yeah, so I used to go all the time as a kid and growing up in that. So I finally got to take them to their first game up there. Um, and then we went and saw a Tigers game, and we saw some family on, on Labor Day, which is why we didn't come back till Tuesday afternoon, So, which is why. Who the, who the Tigers play? Who are they playing? Oh, uh, the Royals. Curious. I mean, it was. Oh, the Royals, okay. Yeah, and it was a rainy after. The, the, the game at the big house was sunny and 90 degrees and beautiful, uh, even you know, almost a little hot for up there. And yeah. then, then Sunday for the Tigers game, it was rainy and drizzly. And, but, you know, we had fun. I had never been to Comerica Park. That was cool, too. So, Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Right downtown. But it was a crazy weekend of college football, man. I didn't get to sit down oh. and watch a ton because I was there. But, I mean, I saw some of the Ohio State-Notre Dame game. Uh, I saw the ending of the Florida State-LSU game. The, that last quarter, that was nuts. Crazy. Crazy. And I, and I called the ending of... And it, look, they had blocked one kick, so it's not like I, you know, invented this. But I just said, you know what? They, you think this game is is, you know, <laughs> going to be over in overtime, or whatever? And I said, watch this. They're going to block the kick. And dang, if they didn't block the kick, well, it almost uh, went in. Still, I mean, it hit the, the it crossbar still did, or whatever, yeah. or the poke, yeah, right? Yeah, you know, right there. I mean, it, it had a. Sh- you saw the kicker even as it was blocked. He's like, nope. Yeah, you did a body angle. He's like, yeah. get up, get up. Um, big win for Mike Norvell. I mean, oh. that's the sort of thing that the momentum, right? We always talk about how games have momentum. I think seasons have momentum. Mm-hmm. You you can live off of the air of that for a while. Now, and I said this with Derek Sharp the other night. Tell me what you think, because I'm sure you saw the ending of that Florida game, which was also equally crazy, right? Um, by the way, Dan Mullen, could you have started the right quarterback a year ago? You'd still be there. I mean. Well, I mean, it's always hard to tell. I mean. No, I don't know. I, mean, no, uh, well, I don't know that it is. But I meant you could have said last year Michigan could have started J.J. McCarthy because there was no question his yeah. talent was better last year than Cade. It doesn't mean they're ready. It, I mean, it, I mean and he may not have been ready, but by God, can that guy make plays? Oh, no oh, question. No, no question about it. And, and you know, if you would have played him, I mean, you know, this is always the hard part when coaches are on the hot seat. Do you play the more talented guy or the guy that it's going to be consistent that I know I can count on? Well, and he's trying to win games, and that's the thing. It's like, I, do I have time to develop right mm-hmm. now and suffer a few a few hiccups along the way, or at least I know what I'm going to get? And you know, he he trended the other way, but regardless, um, they got them a quarterback. Yes. And if you got a quarterback, you've got a chance. Mm-hmm. But Billy Napier, I mean, that was a hell of a start the, to be able to take that team, and you know, even though they had given up, <laughs> this is another crazy inning. I mean. You take the lead, and then you then you give up the long drive, and it was it was sort of a we talked about this the other night with Derek, sort of a Malcolm Butler moment, right? Like they've got the overtime, right? They're going to kick the field goal if nothing mm-hmm. else happens, um, and then they they throw it in the end zone, and you know, guy jumps around. I think the tight end got pushed down. No one's going to give it that call, and makes a great interception, and wins the game. I mean, just phenomenal. It really was, and and look. At the start for Billy Napier's career was fantastic, and you found yourself a quarterback. And he's, and, and you know, we've always I think known he was special, but you got to get there. Richardson's tremendous, yeah. But they got another tough test this Saturday. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're going to play Kentucky, another top yeah. twenty team. Yeah, you know, so you can't, you know, and I, I Billy won't, but you know, you can't live off that we just knocked off number seven Utah or whatever, you know, six whatever they are. Right. You know, you've got to come back this week and bring it again. 
And, right. and you know, and that's going to be the challenge Billy Napier has for that team this year. And, and, and if he can do it this week, then you you could set up for a really good season in Florida. I mean, you know, and, and maybe you didn't have the expectations going in because of new coach and changes and all that. But you go two and zero through these first two games, then you're going. Maybe we got something this year. Yeah, for and, sure. You know, it could be a lot better than. Six and six, seven, seven, you know, seven and five, eight and four, whatever. You know, maybe you're talking nine and three, ten and two. You know, maybe you got bigger, bigger shots there. Well, you're going to get Georgia. I mean, you, get, you still got, you know, the monsters in that side, mm-hmm. but um, absolutely. But it certainly makes the possibilities, and, and Gator fans going to be drunk with expectation, right? Because now they know what they have, and and uh, every sun, every Saturday is going to be exciting. Going back just real quickly, Florida. Did you see the? Uh, Tough start for Brian Kelly, obviously, at LSU. But did you see his press conference? <laughs> it did not go well. Uh, it's, I guess, so, what, the reporters were late or something? Well, there was there must have been a couple people come in late. You know, he's up there at the podium ready to go. And, and, and it, this happens sometimes even, or even at the Bucks, because, you know, there, there might be a little miscommunication where they come and get us out of the media room. We're kind of straggling in, and the coach has already been up there for a couple seconds waiting for us. But Brian Kelly made a thing of it. And he kind of said, look, uh, you know, you guys are just coming in late, like, you know, that's $10, and uh, I don't know why you're coming in late here, but, like, that's, you know, we're going to take it and put it in the kitty, and at the end of the year, we'll all have a big party at my house. But that's, you know, and at some point, some reporter said, well, maybe if you won, we would have been on time. Oh. We wouldn't be late. If you had won, maybe we wouldn't be late. Like, it was like, wow. You went wow. there. You went Week there. One. Wow. Yeah. Take that, Notre Dame man. You know? So didn't hear any fake accents after that one. That was kind of interesting. <laughs> Went to my first Rowdies game. Yes, how was that? How was that? It was unbelievable. And took the girls, and, and actually we were invited because uh, our, our good friends, uh, Sydney and Hunter, um, Sydney played so- college soccer, and they're season ticket holders, but they're having, mm-hmm. they having a party in what is sort of like the party lounge deck area, whatever. Yep. I don't know. It's kind of on the south. I guess it would be southwest side. Uh, uh, the Southwest goal down there. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, it, we couldn't have been more than six yards from the pitch where we were. Yep. And the speed of that game, I don't think I've ever, in fact, I know I haven't ever been that close to professional soccer because why would I be down there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, my highest level was probably high school that I covered it or something. The speed and precision of that game, you you can't appreciate it as much until you're that close. It's really something. We could hear the communication between both teams. It was wild mm-hmm. down there. Yeah, I've heard some uh, interesting conversations between players and the, the officials as well. <laughs> yeah, oh, that was a big thing. That was a huge thing. Yeah, and they, I thought they missed some calls early, but that was mm-hmm. another that was another topic. Yeah, we've said the fans for- got on them pretty good too because they're like they're like three feet away. <laughs> it was. I thought is somebody gonna get ejected? We get run from this. It was a birthday party. I was like, we're gonna run for this birthday party here. If everybody keeps getting on this dude. But yeah, there are some there are some rather uh, honest honest arguments, I would say, between the officials. <laughs> well, it's usually one sided. The officials usually don't say much. No, they don't say a word. Particularly the, the assistant referees. They just pull on out a card at some yeah. point. <laughs> yeah, very slowly they reach into their pocket. He's it's going to be yellow or red. It's not going to be good. But um, yeah, no, a great product, a big crowd. You know, I guess a storm had blown through there earlier. Maybe that was why. But there was a nice breeze. Uh, it was beautiful out. I kept thinking, man, if they, they were a great venue for baseball. <laughs> but nah, it's soccer. And it used to be a baseball stadium, and I played there. And I, I told the story how my parents met there you know, years ago. 
when before they 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 built the new one but um just gorgeous a gorgeous night uh, six goals who gets six goals in their first rowdy's game right Hey, enjoy it, man. That's a that's a really yeah. good team. They moved into second place on Saturday as well. I know Memphis, uh, who they were tied with, uh, got a draw in their game. So, right. The other thing that struck me is I didn't know this. They they play forever. Like they've been playing since what March? Yeah, no. That's that's the what they played twenty eight games. I think this season. I think it's thirty. A long year, man. Regular season, yeah. Yeah, it's a long year. Yeah, a they, clinched, they clinched the playoff berth Saturday too. So they did. They did. So they were playoff yeah. bound. No, we brought them all yeah. kinds of good luck. I, yeah. can't, I don't know what to tell you. Well, now you got to go every time, see? We may have to go back. Yeah, we may have to go to the to every home game and then the playoffs and all of that. But I was uh, I was smitten by it. I didn't expect to have that sort of fun, you know? And, of course, everybody there had a lot of fun. And if you're a Rowdy's fan, of course, it was really, really good. So, anyway, um, we've got uh, lots going on this week uh, at the Bucks. Oh, the Rays, they too. The really... Rays. We didn't even talk about Rays. Oh, that's they, right. They oh, wanted to get the Drew Rays Rasmussen. <laughs> right. Drew <laughs> Rasmussen scratched from the start because he uh, had a child early Tuesday morning. He did. Yeah. So he's on the and paternity list. I guess list. he left some voice messages really early in the morning um, for the GM and, and for Kevin Cash, and they didn't really, you know, weren't having their phones on or anything, but they found out early in the morning, well, we had the baby. What are the odds? Like, you got, you know, you pitch every five days. Mm-hmm. So you just you just need your wife to not go in labor on the day you're pitching, right? Yes. Which is a, a big ask at times. I understand that, but didn't work out for Rass. Although they managed to spackle it together very well, and I'll tell you what, man, the Rays just they, they are in sync right now. They got things going, and 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 it's good to see the bats wake up. Randy Rosarena looks like the guy that played in October a couple of years ago. Well, against Rich Hill too, who. What, last yeah. start against them, completely dominated the Rays. Yeah, he did. Did earlier in the year, too. The Rays start off with, what, two hits to lead off the game, and then a Rosarina, three-run three home run. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden it's 3 nothing, three batters in against Rich Hill, so that was fantastic. Yeah. yeah. It was a great start. Rich Hill started beating, beating up the dugout a little bit. Yeah, Betancourt drilled one. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, that was a bomb. In fact, they went back-to-back. I think Chang hit one right after him, so it was yes. kind of cool. Uh, a couple of blasts there. The one, the one Rosarena hit. It was such a bomb, and it was dead center. And, and there's like a night light. There's like a, a night watchman out there that that you know just probably hangs and is lit up at night or something, so people don't run into things. But um, he he drilled that on the center uh, over around the center field wall, and it just exploded. And I was listening to the call, and like Dave or one of them goes, "Yeah," and and I think he broke something out there. There's something dangling. <laughs> it's like, yeah, he just bombed a light. Um, but a Rosarena man, he is he's got it going. What is it, another twenty twenty season for him right now? Uh, did he get twenty twenty? I know he was really he's close really to close. It. Yeah, he's headed there, and that's that's saying something. But you know, for consistency's sake, but he is uh, he is heating up. He's looking toasty, as Joe Madden would say. And the Rays are four and a half games behind the Yankees. Four and a half back. The Yankees got I mean, rained out. They have a doubleheader today. So, mm-hmm. yeah, everything's possible, man. It's still out there for him and. They're playing great baseball. Unfortunately, there's a lot of teams playing great baseball, including Toronto. Seattle has been on a tear. They had one nine out of ten. I think they lost the other day, but um, they've been playing really, really well. It's going to be interesting to see how this whole thing shakes out because there's some really good teams. Uh, the, the Rays are going to go to New York after this. I think they play the Yankees up there. Mm-hmm. I think they go to Houston before it's all said and done. They haven't played so, Houston yet, so they got a home and an away series against them. Yeah, so I mean they they got they, they got, got a Toronto, tough out, but this got is a five the way game you series want to be in playing. Toronto. 
Toronto, yeah. I mean, this is the way you want to play, though, this time of year. You want to be hot. You want to be, you know, all things. And, it, you know, of course, you want your ace back. you got to get McClanahan back. The reports are good on him. Wander Franco, I guess, is, uh, you know, taking some at-bats in Durham. He had to step out the other day. He felt a little twinge. Supposed to be back um, in the lineup tonight. So, um, right. he, on the off day, went and swung, and everything seems to be okay. It's just basically, at this point, it's a pain tolerance. And, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, what his pain tolerance is will determine how much and when he comes back. Yeah. Can't be soft, man. Can't be soft. Not this time of year. But, I, listen, they're playing really, really well. And, and um, credit to their front office, too, man, that find these guys to come in here and not just, not just hold it together, right, hold it down, but actually thrive. You know, it's amazing to me how many guys they get uh, who come in from another team and in the middle of a season and they, they insert them in the lineup, they got a bunch of injuries, and all of a sudden they just take off. They just thrive. So it's been fun to watch. Hey, uh, just another reminder, you know that your electric bill is soaring right now. We've got a solution for you. It's May Electric Solar, family-owned business. They've been in business for 12 years. They have a 30-year labor and services warranty. You get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. That's the May difference. Go visit their Hudson showroom. They're going to show you what they install. Plus, they don't use subcontractors. You can start saving today. Call the solar energy experts at May Electric Solar. Here's the number, 727 819 2862. Schedule a free estimate. Lower your electric bill all year long. 727 819 2862. I got one more for you, Rick, too. If there's not enough sports going on, mm-hmm. they are laying the ice down at Amelie Arena today. Already? Camp opens in two weeks. <sighs> That's incredible. Yep. Hockey season is almost here. I was just in Hawaii like yesterday, it feels like, when I watched them uh, win or no, lose game six. They were, mm-hmm. they were winning one to nothing, lose game six to Colorado. And that that's incredible to me that we're, we're already back to where they're going to start. And, of course, when you play, you know, when you go to the Stanley Cup every year, it's a short off season, right? Yep. But, yeah, the ice goes in at Amelie Arena or they start that process today. Camp will open in two weeks. First preseason game, home preseason games, three weeks from tonight. And the regular season will start in about five weeks. That's great. Well, my girls will love it. I'll love it because those are fun games to watch. And here we go for another hockey season. Can they make it back four times in a row? Jeez. Oh, just incredible just to think about, really. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, lots coming up. I mean, with the Rays going in the postseason, we get into, uh, you know, you get to this time of year, September. Um, and then lightning cranks up. Uh, the buck season will be in full bloom by the middle by October. It's going to be. It's my favorite time of year because everything, everything's going at once. Um, even the NBA starts up if you're an NBA fan. So college football gets in its full tilt. Just a lot to talk about. So keep it right here on Sports Day Tampa Bay. We're here every Monday through Friday, and uh, we will be here tomorrow as well. We're Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Times. Have a great day, everybody. 